This edition of Necessary Blackness Podcast is brought to you in part by Wingy Apparel. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. Our motto is abundance begins in the mind. You can find us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast and today we're going to do a special episode because we do have a special guest in the building and she is no stranger to the Necessary Blackness Podcast family, actually she used to co-host. How are you doing, Fumi? Hey Raheem, um... It is your girl, Goddess Fumi. I'm so glad that you uh, welcomed me back to the Necessary Blackness podcast. I've been trying to get on here with you for a while, but my schedule's been crazy. So I think both of our schedules have <laughs> been crazy. And we actually just completed a photo shoot today, and it's featuring the Goddess Fumi. Yeah, it was fun out there in the nature preserve. I'm glad we went out there. Now, let me tell y'all something, right? We was filming, and we was like... In a secluded location, and it was um, like a banded building type mm-hmm. thing. Do you know this colonizer <laughs> walked up and he had a camera and he greeted us and he said hi and he looked you know weird. he looked it weird. So I'm turning around to finish doing what I'm doing. Do you know this dude pulled out his camera and it was in position? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, nah, we don't do that. Yeah, you, you had my no back. Pictures. <laughs> he was like, oh, I wouldn't have took pictures if I didn't get permission. I said, you didn't even ask. Yeah, but he looked so weird. He looked like one of those pedophile, like those creepy, I don't know, like somebody you did not want to be out there alone with. Yeah, but he was about to get the business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he did the right thing. You know, he said, you know, no disrespect. And he went on about his little merry way. But it just goes to show you the boldness of the colonizer. Like, he really felt that it was all right to just come up there and start taking pictures. You're going to take pictures of my photo shoot. Yeah, they think they own the world. And make no mistake about this, family. These are the type of people that (laughs) your picture would have been on back pages. Man, bubble butts and... <laughs> bubble butts and bubble guts. Bubble butts in abundance. <laughs> bubble butts in abundance. But yeah, we quickly shut him down and um, he went about his little merry way. So today, we're here. We're going to talk about relationships and the dynamics of relationships. And when we're talking about relationships, we are talking about black man, black woman. Yes, black love. Black love. And for those that know, I always say black love is revolutionary. Yes, definitely. The most revolutionary thing that a black man can do is get a black woman. Mm, and treat her right. Oh, absolutely. Because y'all be getting this, but I don't know if y'all know what to do with us sometimes. Listen, anything other than treating a black woman right is uncivilized. Okay, that's what they say. No, that's what I say. Okay. And brothers that have the same mindset, such as myself, that's how we feel. We don't just say it. We back it up with actions. But I want to know what's the percentage of those men, though, because we as women, especially me being single, I've been dating, you know, in Atlanta and I meet people. And it's just that 
these guys, their agenda is just not to love. It's, you know, for sexual needs or to build their ego or, you know what I mean? It's not like the men out here are really looking for a woman to love and build with and be with. Now, you said two things. You said here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And That's then, where I'm at. Let me correct, make sure I'm correct. You said agenda. Yes. You didn't say gender. Agenda. Agenda. Okay, because we're in Atlanta, <laughs> and when you say gender, you know, there's several different types of agendas in Atlanta. Well, that's another issue, too, with our men. You know, we got we sharing them with our other men. So, you know, we only dealing with a few of y'all. We're, we're not really dealing with all of black men as a whole because- Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever had that problem of sharing your man and find out that you were sharing him with another man? No, but I can say that I've dated a guy where I was just like, you know, he may have had some gay tendencies. You know, he was just, you know, a little too pretty for me or a little too much worried about himself. Like, he just wasn't into pleasing the woman, you know? So, In other words, he wasn't an alpha male. Yeah, that's, that's, oof. Turn on. I can't, yeah, I can't date a man that's not an alpha male. Okay, now. Yeah. Y'all heard that, right? Alpha Mm-mm. males. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that alpha males out there. <laughs> so, um, to answer your question, when you ask, is there a percentage, right? What I will tell you is that there is several case studies that mm-hmm. has been done, and it's not so much as relationships with the woman, but we know that there's a stigma that says black men are not present in the household. That stigma and that lie has since been debunked by the CDC. And listen, the CDC, um, I won't say they all the way credible, but anytime the enemy gives you statistic validating what you know to believe, mm-hmm. and you know, mass media is not doing it naturally, but you have to take heed to that. And what this uh report says is that black men whether they're single and they're not with the baby's mother or they're married, divorced, that out of any other ethnic group, they're more involved in their children's lives. Mm. So I think that we have to take statistics like that and know that we're being forcibly led when we see the media saying that the problem in a black family household is single parents. Now, I say all that to say this, right? There are a lot of relationships, mm-hmm. black relationships. Like, there are more black men being with black women than any other ethnic group. But when you go online, you know, people make it seems like, you know, the black man likes to date out of his race and that he is with other ethnic groups. And, and that's not the case. Most of the men that I've encountered, they do uh, love and enjoy black women. I mean, I feel like the men that I've dated, like if they have been with a white woman, it was mostly maybe just to try it out, just to, you know, have the se- have sex with them, not really to be with them and build with them. But I have at least in my family, it's at least, let's say we have 10 men in my family, main men in my family, at least six of them are dating white women. Right now. All, all my life, my uncles, my cousins, and I feel like it says something about the black women in, the, in their family because what is it that we're doing that's making you go to these white women? Now, your uncles, they are from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. See, in Buffalo, 
there's a, a high population of Caucasian women. Mm -hmm. So they live in proximity to them. They go to school with them. They probably seeing them on the job. But we're right there as well. You're right there as well. You're right. But when you come from a black, black community, mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you're going to date those that are you're around more frequently. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that, and I see that as a problem where black people live in predominantly white communities or it's a mixed mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. But never been a problem for me. What about you? You ever date a white woman? No, man. You ain't never slept with a white woman, no, right? I can say that with some You've never had sex with a white Listen, woman? There's several things that I am most proud of. One thing I can say, right? As long as I lived on this earth, I never ever in my life put my hands on a woman. What about Puerto Rican? I never dated outside of my race. Now, 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 when yeah, I dated Puerto Rican. Oh, okay, because they, they, they kind of black. Well, yes, <laughs> they are. But I never dated a white woman. And, and let me tell you something, right? Growing up, mm -hmm. the environment that I grew in, you know, it was instilled in us very early on that um, if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. <laughs> you know, my father, yo, he, he, he was strong on that. Oh, my goodness. And um, growing up, it was always a sense of, of black love, mm. black pride. You know, I wanted someone that talked and emulated my mother and my aunts and my sisters, you know, those mm -hmm. strong black women. Okay, so I feel like I've seen a situation, like I've had a situation uh, personally where I, was, I met a guy, I was dating him, and um, I guess for whatever reasons, he didn't really want to be with me like completely, but mm -hmm. he still wanted to deal with me. And then months later, I found out that his main or, you know, the woman that he was with was a white woman. And so oh, wow. it really bothered me the fact that he wanted to basically make me his mistress, but love and respect this white woman. And, you know, I, I just, it really, that right there bothered me. And that's what really made me start to hate to see black men with white women, because I felt like a black man has actually chose a white woman over me. All right, now let me ask you this. You said that it hurt you because he wanted to choose you as his mistress, mm -hmm. but he wanted the white girl for his main mm -hmm. girl, right? Mm -hmm. What if the roles was around and he wanted you for his main girl and the white girl for his mistress? Do you think that your pain and anguish would have been a little more uh, diminished? A little bit because it's like he's still choosing me. At the end of the day, he's going to fight for me like he fight for himself. But see, the mistress is just someone that he has fun with. you know. So yeah, it would have made me feel a lot better. I probably would have still been mad that he was cheating on me and then cheating with a white woman. But I, I still would have felt like, but I'm still number one to you. you know. I am your better half. She is just an extra. So yeah, it would have made a, a difference. Now, let, me, let me explain something, right? And, and this is just my mindset, my thinking, right? You are woke. Mm -hmm. You are conscious. Mm -hmm. You are about black liberation. Mm -hmm. Even if he would have chose you as his main girl, being that he's dating outside of his race, he's not somebody that's pro-black or for the liberation right. of black people. Right. So. That relationship should have been non-employed. At the time, though, because, I wasn't, listen, you know. you can't talk black and sleep white. But that is actually one of the events that happened in my life that made me start to 
like appreciate black people and and just appreciate who I was. Like that is one of the things that led me to my consciousness, to wanting to search for African spirituality, African religion, like all of that. That that is one of the things that basically pushed me towards black power. Wow. If that's what did it for you, then we need a lot of more Beckys <laughs> stepping to these brothers out here so they can come into this consciousness. You know, reclaiming yourself as a king and put yourself on the throne with a queen. Now, speaking of kings, yes. I did want to ask you because you are a man. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of y'all, you know, I feel like the agenda, the world that we're living in now, you men... Mm-hmm. All men, white, black, whatever, you guys have put this expectation on yourselves to where you're the king, you're the boss, you're the leaders, you know, and that you guys hold everything together. This is what you guys put out there. We're in a patriarch society right now, everything for as long as I can remember. So what I wanted to know is, mm-hmm. and this is something we were talking about earlier, like, why is it that if you're such a king, you're such a leader, you know, and... Why is it that when you meet a woman that you're not necessarily into to make her your wife? Why is it that you'll still manipulate and play games with that girl and break her down by still using her for sex? Or, you know, like, because I feel like that really tears us down as women. And instead of doing that, you know, when you have a woman that has her attention on you and she Mm -hmm. loves you and she likes you, Mm -hmm. you can really teach her or put anything into her mind that you want. So why not try to motivate her to be a better woman? Why not teach her how to be a classy woman or tell her these are the things that you are into instead of just putting her in this category of she's a hoe, I'm going to sleep with her, but I'm not going to be with her. I feel like this is why a lot of black women hate black men. All right. Let me ask you a question, right? One thing that I don't like is the generalization, right? Like, you can't make a statement like that and make that inclusive of all black men because clearly that's not us, right? Now, you said, why do men sleep with women and they don't want to be with them and then they call them hoes, right? Any man that sleeps with a woman and call uh, her a hoe, what that say of him? That he likes being with hoes, you know? So... That right there is, we're going to move that to the side. Mm -hmm. Now, I I, I think the problem that a lot of women are facing is that when you meet a person and and you encounter a person, they'll always tell tell signs. Like, for me, I could be in the presence of someone and know right then and there if we just going to be casual acquaintance mm-hmm. or if there is a possibility or if there's any type of chemistry or interest. Mm-hmm. And this happens, you know, through conversation and times. And, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, some people, they um not who they appear to be and they say all the right things and do all the right things. And lo and behold, before you know it, you know, you with somebody that you have no idea that this was the individual that you met. He's remotely different from everything that he professed. But what it is is, and this goes with anything in life, is that we have to start becoming a good judge of character. Mm. And once we be able to judge a person's character, and if it doesn't resonate on the same frequency, then that's not the one for you. Damn, that's deep. I guess you're right about that, but that's what I mean when I say you guys are the leaders. You're you're more of like men think. No, 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 no. Let me let me also. Um, this is something else I wanted to address because 
That was a, a um, I had to unpack that. That was a lot that you asked, right? Now, when you say that we are the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a relationship, we need to be leading together. This is not where the black man is the leader, and you know, that's that's that European mindset. There is kingdoms that was ruled by women, mm-hmm. you know. So the black man is not always the leader, but in a household, each person should be able to lead together. And this is the main uh, thing. If a black man cannot control his sexual urges, he is not fit to lead. Mm. Because once you put him in leadership and he get drunk with power, guess what? (laughs) He going to be sleeping with everything around him. Ask me how I know. (laughs) How you know, Raheem? Because I be seeing it. I ain't never did that. (laughs) He said, I'm him. I'm him. (laughs) No, but, you know, time and time... You know, we see it with, with, with certain leaders. Mm-hmm. We see it with celebrities. You see it with people that have um, some it's type like power. Of, uh, of, of power, whether it's, you know, political power, financial power, or he might just have the gift of gab. Right. That's not a leader. What I'm saying, though, is when I mean like the leaders, I mean like you guys think more on a linear way. Like you is either left or right with you guys. Most times with us, we're thinking with our emotions. We may know that this man ain't shit. He ain't called us in three days and he just going to call us today and, you know, after 11 o'clock and want to come over. Wow. And, but, but our emotions, our heart is involved. So it's hard for us to think logically and say, you know what? Because we really want you to come over. So it's like, okay, even though he ain't called me in three days, I really want to see this man. I, I, I miss him. So I'm going to have him come over, even though I know That's he's the not. Problem. It is the problem. But this is what I say when I, when you know I say why men. It's the problem? Y'all think more logically. Why not, but you know not why go to that girl's house? No. Why not say, I'm not going to date her because I know that she wants me and loves me more than I love her? I don't look at her like that. So I can go sleep with somebody else. I'm not going to sleep with her. Let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is twofold. The problem is you saying that you know he's calling for a booty this call. This ain't but nothing you wanna, personal. You want to see him <laughs> and you allow him to come over. The way you start with a person is the way you finish with him, right? So mm-hmm. if you allowed him to do that two and three times, you can't come and put up the stop <laughs> sign on the fourth and fifth time. But you right? didn't know he was now, like that. Now, listen, you got to be in control too now. You know what I mean? You have the, you got to have the fortitude. To say, you know what? Now is not a good time. Mm. You want to see me? You want to talk to me? You got to call me after respectful, you know, respectable hours. Mm-hmm. There's something I haven't been through this since in a while. I'm an I'm an adult now. I'm a grown woman, but I I honestly do get emails from girls like after I post certain videos, and they'll be like, "Well, this guy, you know, he said we're just friends, and you know, he he we're cool, but he just won't claim me. He won't." And I know I'm telling her, "You got to reclaim your power." But I feel like, why is it that black men even do that to us? It's unfortunate that it does happen, but people can only do to you what you let them. And then you were talking about with the fathers, the black fathers in the home. But mm-hmm. we, I know from experience that there, there is a lot. Like I have a lot of friends, a lot of um, just growing up cousins who did not have the father in the household. I didn't have a father in my household. My boys don't have a father in their household. Um, and it's like, when are you men going to start checking your other brothers for not being there for their children and not being in their lives? Well, one thing I will say, right, is that the majority of the people that is in my inner circle, Mm -hmm. 
um, family members, for the most part, are in the lives of their children. Now, we do have some, but if you can't make them stay with you, you know, another man, you know. But I mean, when you out, y'all go to the club, it's like, damn, you know, homeboy, where your son at? I ain't seen your son. Like, it's been a year. I've been hanging with you every day, every weekend. Where's your kid? Two grown men hanging out every day, I'm every weekend saying. is a problem. You know what I but mean, no, right? No, no, I, 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 exactly. I know exactly what you, what you mean. And I think that that's a problem within itself. Like the individuals I hang out with, everybody that already been in the presence of my son. Mm-hmm. My son has been in the presence of them. So when you have this strong uh, uh, manhood and bond with your brothers mm-hmm. and y'all do a lot of things together, go on trips together, you know, the family's over for dinner, then naturally you're going to bring your son. You're going to bring your daughter, you know? So I, I really don't um, see that problem in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. It's because I be around like-minded individuals, but yes, there is a problem with men not taking care of their kids. And I think what we need to do is we need to break that generational curse. And I think that this generation Mm -hmm. that's coming up right now is more involved in their kids than any other generation preceding it. And then when we go back and we look at um, right after um, slavery Mm -hmm. and before the civil rights era, that 72% of black couples was married. Mm. And it wasn't to crack cocaine, the welfare system, and different things like that, that the black Ronald man Reagan, was taking out. Yeah, Reaganomics, that the black man was taken out of the household. Mm. So, you know, we getting back to who we are. We are claiming our position on the throne. And like I said, man, it's black love, and black love is revolutionary. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we're going to come back and we're going to close this segment with some closing words. I think and maybe we should, another question or something like that. Maybe, maybe some solutions. Okay. We're going to close with solutions. So y'all stay tuned. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. And I am sitting here with the, the queen. The goddess. The goddess. For the me. goddess. <laughs> Peace of Black Power family. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment. Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back. And you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. 
Stay tuned. This is a co-op cultivated roots media, and I choose to tune into necessary blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and we are back from a quick commercial break. I just want to let the Necessary Podcast family know that we are on YouTube. Make sure you search for Necessary Blackness Podcast. We are also on Instagram, we are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter as well. And you can just look at at Raheem Shabazz for that. But if you want to listen to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, CarPlay, uh, Spreaker, or any of the many platforms, you can just put in Necessary Blackness Podcast in your search engine or on your um, podcast app. And you can easily find us. When you do subscribe to us on YouTube, make sure you hit that bell so that you get notifications when we go live. Currently, I am suspended from Facebook. Did I tell you that? No. What happened? Listen. What you do? <laughs> what I do. You know, I'm black power all day. So this is the problem with Facebook, right? This will be my sixth suspension. So that means <laughs> within the last year, I probably was on Facebook five months. And it's a shame, though, because I'd get a lot of attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my videos get over 500,000 views. Um, the problem with this particular suspension, and it's very problematic, is that I posted a meme. Mm-hmm. And in this meme, it had a white pedophile. And the meme said, according to FBI statistics, that sexual predators are typically 75% of them are white males and over the age of 18. And my caption Mm -hmm. was, don't get mad at me. This is FBI statistics. They flagged my page and they said that it doesn't fit the community it violates the community guidelines of hate speech and violence. I want to know where the hate is at. Right. And I want to know where statistics. the violence that was the FBI statistics. <laughs> but when you don't control your own platform and you using the open enemies media, this is what is expected. So that's why I tell everybody, whether you follow me on Facebook, you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or any of these social media outlets. They can censor me. But if you subscribe to my podcast, this is unadulterated facts, truth, and this is necessary blackness. And we're going to always keep it real right here. I'm going to say what I want, when I want, and how I want. And I can give a goddamn who it offends. <laughs> That's just what it is. Right. Power to the people. So, <laughs> in closing... What you want to talk about? I just want to know what are some solutions? Like, what is it that we can do to, you know, get a better understanding of each other so that we can, you know, follow God's plan and have it, you know, man, woman, and child in the black family? You know, how can we, you know, just come together? Like, because 
Honestly, and this is another thing I wanted to talk about, but I didn't get a chance to mention it, how, you know, black women are looked at as gold diggers, you know, when we have certain expectations for the man that's in our life, whereas, you know, white women or other women, it's okay for them to want a man that is able to provide or a man that has dreams and goals and aspirations. But yet in the black community, we supposed to just be with your ass when, you know, when you have nothing and you, 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 you're not even trying to get anything. Like, I just feel like we need to learn how to communicate with each other more and what we want and understand our wants and be okay to give them to each other. Absolutely. You are hundred percent correct. I think that what we need to start doing as black melanated people is we need to start with the young. We need to start with this generation. We need to start with the generation that's coming behind this generation. Mm. And we do that by having manhood programs. Mm. That has been missing in our community for so long. I need it for my son. We got to have manhood programs to teach and train young men what it means to be in a relationship, what are the particulars of a relationship, and why there is a dire need for black men to respect and protect the black woman. You know, there there was a meme that was going around on uh, Facebook, and it was like, it's a shame that 911 is the protector of black women. It is. When it should be the black man. So I say all that to say this, right? In addition to having manhood training, we have to have... Um, when we get into relationships, we have to have expectations. You think so? Absolutely. So when you say other ethnic groups have expectations, we need to have expectations because you don't want to be with nobody that's not able to financially support you. But at the same time, if a man has dreams and aspirations and he's working on them, Mm -hmm. then give that man a shot. Yeah, that's why I said both. Yeah, every, you know, it takes time. Right. You know, a lot of times the problem is, is that you want someone that already made it. Right. You don't want to be there when they grind it. You know, what Drake said, you wasn't there when we were shooting in the gym. (laughs) Sometimes that's the reality. And maybe we need to have classes as well for women because I didn't have strong women to teach me how to carry myself and, you know... I didn't have uh, strong people in my life or strong women in my life teach me how to be a classy woman, how to Mm -hmm. carry myself. So I'm learning as I go. And this goes back to the main topic of what we were talking about. You know, sometimes you need that big brother or the man that you have your eyes on to just really sit down and just talk to you. You know, this is what a lady should do. This is how a lady should be. Because us women, we do respond more and we listen more when a man is telling us something mm-hmm. versus another woman. You know, so I do. I think we need to just really have classes for men and women and maybe have classes together so we can voice our opinions and, and you guys give us feedback and we can give you feedback. And I think there are um, organizations, there are classes um, and we just got to be aware of them. And so maybe like you I, can find, we'll figure it out and post some up. Yeah, I'll, I'll post some organizations up. And I know about um, some different um, networking activities mm. that, you ever that been a sweet spot? individuals can go to. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, but like I said, before they get to manhood, we have to teach and train them. 
And Frederick Douglass said that he would rather teach and train children than repair broken men. Mm. And I think that is the dilemma that a lot of women are running into is that you are trying to repair repair broken men. And it's up to us, men and women, to start teaching and training young children. The men train the boys, the women train the the females, Mm. the girls. And um, like you said... At some point, we have to come together. But you know what I think a problem is when it comes to building a man? You know, you can have a man and help him get his business together, use your credit to help him get himself together. And then what will happen is because I know this man when he was nothing, and now that he is something, he's running into these young women who didn't see the struggle. They don't know that it was his woman and him together that built this empire. So they just see this empire. And like you were saying before, with those men who are uh, drunk on power, mm-hmm. they're going to just be sleeping around with these women just because these women are looking at them like, oh, he's a king. He got a truck. He got a house. He got this. He got that. But they don't see the struggle that this man had to go through with his black queen that he's now neglecting to get his ego boosted by all these you know, women who are only there for the success story. And you know what? The end game of that is he realizes that that is superficial and he doesn't get the same love, affection, or encouragement that he got from the home team. Not. And then they always want to come back. Yeah, but do we still want want you now? After you come back, after being running around and everything, do we still want you? Because we can said, go build another st- man if that's the case. You said, do we still want you? Don't uh, generalize you, me. I I'm know saying, what you, mean. you know, I know, do what we, you, you know, but then that's how you guys, you, you, Determine if we're a strong woman by how much we're going to put up with you. All right. And this is another thing, though, right? If the foundation is strong and there's a love and a bond, then anybody can't just come along and and break that. It's going to take a special one to do that. And if a person does able to penetrate that relationship and that situation, then it wasn't as strong as you thought it was. So with that, we're going to end on that note. I hope that my words of wisdom be able to permeate to your ears and it allows you to see and hear this message clearly. So that's it for us right here on Necessary Blackness Podcast. I am your host, Raheem Shabazz, and it was a pleasure speaking with you, Fumi. Thank Make you. sure you are not a stranger. The Necessary <laughs> Blackness Podcast. Never a stranger. Family misses you. And, you know, we have an open door policy whenever you want to come by and um, holler at your boy, holler at the people. Um, This is the platform to do it. Because you're going to get suspended from Facebook, too. (laughs) I'm going to definitely be back. Have you ever been suspended? No. No? I've been suspended from posting videos, but I can still go in there and, and like, scroll. So when y'all suspended, you can't even go No, I can go in there and scroll. I can see messages. I can't post Mm. nothing, none of that. But, um, listen... um, Share some of my stuff when I go back on there. Okay. You'll get a suspension. Uh-uh. Pronto. I don't want to get suspended. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to get suspended. But make sure y'all look school. for me, though. Find me Where on they can Instagram, find you at? at Be Divine Minded. Also on YouTube, Be Divine Minded. I talk about love, relationships, traveling, because I definitely think more black people need to get involved in traveling and seeing the world. 
So yeah, find me at Be Divine Minded. And another thing, you have a travel agent and y'all yes. take trips to Ghana and different mm-hmm. things like that. You want to tell the family about that? Well, I am a travel agent and um, I have packages for Nigeria as of right now um, and also Jamaica. But um, I can set up arrangements for like Egypt and Ethiopia and mm-hmm. Ghana as well. But they are not my personal packages. But I do have connections for those of you who are interested in traveling. But right now, Nigeria is really what it's said. I love Absolutely. Nigeria. The music, Absolutely. the entertainment, everything. So you want to go have fun? You want to come with me to Nigeria? I'll be setting up a trip sometime the end of this year. And y'all got to check out her Instagram because she posts her pictures when she's over <laughs> there in the motherland. You know, so make sure y'all check her out, man. That's for Goddess, fool me, and make sure you check me out right here, Shabazz. And this is Necessary Part Blackness Podcast. Peace and Black Power Family.